Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Daniel Goldberg, and here's a bit about Daniel. He's on the podcast called Bits of Gold. Host Danny Goldberg interviews regular everyday people exploring how struggles shape our lives for the better. In each episode, Danny shows that struggle and adversity don't have to destroy or define us. In fact, it's the struggle that can make us into a much better version of ourselves. Danny knows firsthand as he lost both parents at a young age and has used his struggle and adversity in loss to learn how to live a life of meaning and purpose. Tune in weekly for inspiring interviews about moving forward through hard times, waking up to who we truly are, finding our purpose, and building our dream life. This is Bits of Gold. But today, Bits of Gold is merging with GEMS Podcast. So without further ado, please welcome Danny Goldberg to GEMS Podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure, Danny. And let's start off with an icebreaker. So I want you to share a interesting but fun fact about who you are and why the name Bits of Gold. So two-parter. Yeah, no problem. Um, interesting and fun fact and why the name Bits of Gold. Um, so my last name is Goldberg and I wanted to try to incorporate a piece of my name. There are so many podcasts today that are... Um, the first name, last name show, or the first name, last name experience, or whatever it may be, whatever that may look like. Um, so I wanted to incorporate my name, and I like the idea of doing a, a bit, a bit of gold because of the, uh, you know, the 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 meaning around um, little pieces of wisdom or gold nuggets that can't come out of interesting, meaningful conversations, and how those bits of gold can influence, inspire, or help you build build a life that you love. So that's how I landed on bits of gold. Fun fact, um, started my first business when I was 14 years old, um, always been very entrepreneurial. So um, I suppose that's that's a fun fact. Super cool. What was your first business? Uh, I sold boxing equipment, gym to gym, really before boxing was the cool sport that it is today. I, I did that business from 2009 till 2015, um, sold the business to one of my larger customers at the time. But since then, boxing is booming. I, I, I know you mentioned you're in Texas, I'm in New York, and there have been so many boutique boxing gyms open up over the last couple of years. And it is just, it's actually been pretty wild to see because all these gyms have opened up doing boutique boxing. And if I saw that business, it would have been interesting to see where, where my life would be today. <laughs> yeah, super cool. But you never know, you could probably start it back up, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> So let's dive into our topic. We're going to um, look at the lens of grief from your perspective, as well as see how it inter intersects between the both of us, because losing both of your parents at a young age, I can't even imagine or fathom what you went through. I lost my dad when I was, I think he passed when I was 29. Yeah. 
And it was so hard because my dad and I were super uber duper close, but I'm still thankful that I have my mom. But the connection that I had with my dad is totally, totally different. Um, And I think that we all grieve differently and that's okay. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And just going through the grief journey is necessary and people shouldn't rush through it. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about your grief journey and what happened in your life that caused you to catapult yourself to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. And well said, I agree with, I think everything to a T of what you mentioned around grief loss and having to navigate it and that there is no right or wrong way to grieve, um, really align and agree with a lot of what you had just, just mentioned, but my own story, when uh, I was 20 years old. I lost my dad to rare cancer. Uh, he was diagnosed um, in November, passed away in June. So just seven short months later, uh, when my dad was sick, I was away in college and progressively I would come home and see him be weaker, skinnier, uh, more sick. And that went on for these, these the seven months. But really, I was just a kid at the time. I was 20 years old when uh, he was he was diagnosed, and at that time, I really thought like nothing could happen to my dad. I I really just put the his diagnosis to oh oh he has a cold or oh he's just he's just a little sick, but he's gonna be okay at the end of this. And I thought that most people, this is my naivety, my me being naive at that point in my life, but I thought most people who get cancer get some form of a treatment, chemo, radiation, and they come out on the other side. And that's exactly what I thought was going to happen with my dad, but uh, was not the case. Seven short months later, he passed away. From there, you know, I went on my own grief journey and personal self-discovery journey of trying to figure out the rhyme, the reason, and how to navigate and continue to move forward in my life. And it was an interesting couple of years. I remember really being in such a dark and painful place and probably what shifted for me, I ended up getting involved in an organization called experience camps, which is a free one week camp for kids that have lost a loved one about a year after my dad had passed. And I went there as a volunteer. I didn't know anyone, um, someone that I very loosely knew at the time, I knew that they were involved, that they lost their dad young. And I asked him, hey, what's this camp thing about that you volunteer at? And he told me all about it. He said, it's the best week ever. And I ended up getting involved. And everything changed in those five days. As I mentioned, it's a free one-week camp for, for kids that have lost a loved one. And I signed up just as a, a volunteer to be like a counselor in the bunk with, with the kids. And the way the camp set up is that it is very focused on helping the kids grieve, but also helping the kids just be kids in those five days that they're there. And there were so many eye-opening things that happened that week, but probably the most eye-opening thing for me personally was that I realized how lucky I had it in, in those five days, because here I am volunteering for all these kids that are truly in their childhood or young, young and early teens. And they're at this camp because they lost someone significant in their life. And I remember at the end of the week, as I'm processing, taking in what just sort of transpired in my life, 
I called my mom and I told her, wow, we have it so good. Like, yeah, dad died, but I had him for the first 20 years of my life. And here I am in front of hundreds of kids that were, were, you know, half my age that had already lost their dad, their mom, a sibling, their caregiver. And they were, they were robbed of that time that I had with my dad. And that really changed my perspective on life and really in that moment, just being grateful for what I did have versus what I don't have today. And slowly, little by little, I started to really rebuild, I would say, my life, my life as I knew it, and sort of just started to carry on and move forward and um, finish, end up finishing college. I'm still involved with the organization today. And I would really say like just about uh, five years later, as my family was starting to get back on our feet, and I always say there's sort of two versions of you or in, in some cases, three versions of you when you do experience loss or the, the loss of a loved one, there's life before and there's life after. And as it relates to life after, um, really, I felt like everyone I've at the time I had my mom, my two sisters, I felt like we were all sort of getting to a point where like the holidays were no longer extremely painful or sorry, there's an ambulance going by. Um, I live in a very busy, I try to be in a quiet place for all these, but I live in a very busy like road in Manhattan. But um, we were getting to a point where we were really all moving. We were out of the most like painful moments where, you know, the first, the first birthdays or the first dinners following um, uh, birthdays or big, the big anniversary days following your loss those can be extremely difficult and painful and raw. And you really feel the, where is this person and why aren't they here? And all of, all of the challenges that come with that. So I felt like my family was at a place where we were happy once again and able to sort of move forward. And really at that point, that's when my mom was diagnosed with uh, an extremely rare cancer. And she was sick for about two months until she passed. And uh, from the day she checked into the hospital, she never ended up leaving. She ended up staying there and, it took, it took a very long time. It, take, it really took almost the entirety of the two months that she was there for them to just determine what type of cancer she had. Um, and I would say for, for me in that circumstance, it was very different than when my dad was sick. As I mentioned, my, when my dad was sick, I did not think that you could. Like I, I really didn't think that people, I knew, I guess, intellectually that people did die from cancer, but I never thought that would be in the cards with my dad. And with my mom, I, I knew from the get-go that even in like a best case scenario, they were going to try to sort of, uh, I just knew that the best case scenario was still that she was going to die. And I just didn't know if it would be in a few months or a couple of years, but it ended up being um, only two months. And in that one, I also sort of had this like very eye-opening experience, different from the first lesson that I learned through experience camps. But um with, with my mom, really, I, I, when, when in those two months, I entered a very dark space in my own personal life where I did not really see a point in living, living my life. I was never suicidal or anything like that, but I truly remember feeling the, the greatness of like what I guess people feel that are depressed. Like it was a, I remember one day I went to go see a friend for lunch while my mom was sick. And I was just trying to get out of the hospital and 
to get my mind off things. And I'm walking and it was like a beautiful, it looked almost like it looks today. It was beautiful outside. The sun was beaming down on me and I'm a very happy person. And I remember everything seemed great. Like there were, I, I could not, it was, it's very bizarre to explain, but it was like, I knew it was sunny and I could feel like the day was beautiful, but I couldn't see any beauty in any of it. Mm. And when my mom was, um, when, when my mom moved to hospice and they said that there was nothing more that she could do uh, or that they could do for her. I remember coming to my mom and saying, mom, life is so unfair. You know, we already lost that and now we're going to lose you. And she's turned to me and said, life is unfair, but it's also so glorious. And she told me to go out and find the glory. And really in that moment, it changed my whole perspective where in some ways she like let, let some of the, this light back in where it shifted my perspective to acknowledging and accepting that life is so unfair and it can be so unfair, but there's also plenty to be happy and grateful for. And there's a lot of glory in this thing called life and to go out there and find that glory. So, um, you know, it's not to say that, it wasn't a, a journey from there as it relates to where I am today and extremely painful and difficult and navigating that. But um, it certainly shifted my perspective. And I would say as a result, it's it sort of opened up my eyes to really harnessing like how fragile and how how fragile our life is and just how precious and today sort of I say every single day that each day is a gift and not a guarantee and that's sort of like the motto that I would say I live my life by mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking your time and going through both of the stories with your your dad passing when you were 20 due to a rare form of cancer and then your mom five years later due to another rare form of cancer and you know losing um a mom versus a dad is both going to feel different based on the relationship and the connection you had with each parent, but then losing a parent as, as, um, as a whole still has a significant impact on your life, especially whenever those big, um, life moments happen in your life, like, you know, a marriage, the birth of a child an adoption, a graduation or et cetera. And that parent is not able to go to that event because they're no longer here. Sometimes those things can trigger or exasperate how you're feeling, even though you may have felt like, oh, I've grieved, I got over it. But then whenever something like that presents itself, it, it hurts. And, you know, I've also seen some people who go through the grief journey and as they go through that transition, they have a transformation kind of like yourself, Danny, your transformation is, you know, you being able to tell your story and talk about the testament of what you went through dealing with both parents and losing them at a young age. But then another part of it could be, you know, your creative work, you doing your podcast and shedding hope to other people who may be in the thick of the grief right now, or they may be trying to, you know, um, come out on the other side of it. But the most important thing is that if we never have these conversations and share our stories, then we never know how, you know, we can be helping somebody because it's not, things don't just happen to us, but they also happen for us. And one thing that I wanted to ask that you were talking about both of your parents with these 
rare forms of cancer, have you thought about you know, partnering with any cancer organizations to spread awareness based on the, dif the different types of cancers that your parents had, your mom and your dad? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't today. Um, I actually haven't thought about that. It's definitely an interesting point. I would say that I've spent a lot of time focused, I would say less on uh, as much as I would love to help people who have a similar diagnosis. Um, I've spent a lot of my energy and effort over the last decade, um, or almost a decade now, helping those pe helping people who are grieving and who have experienced loss. I would say that that's where I've spent a good chunk of my energy and time. I, I know I mentioned uh, this organization, this nonprofit experience camps, and uh, I think this will be my ninth, my ninth summer being involved. So um, I've really spent a lot of my energy and efforts to help people who are grieving. And I think one of the things that I would say has been uh, somewhat eye-opening around grief and loss is just how present it is in, in, in the world. I, I really, after I lost my dad, I would say I, I, it opened my eyes up to how many people before the age of 20 lose someone significant in their life. And um, prior to my dad passing, I, I had lost an aunt young, I had lost grandparents, but I was somewhat sheltered. I was somewhat really honestly sheltered from, um, you know, the, the harsh realities of life. And that is that life is unfair and people don't always, you know, live to become grandparents or see a full life ahead. And that's sort of just like the, the, the blunt truth of life. Right. So, um, you know, I was, I was definitely sheltered from that. And I think that's why I've, I've been somewhat fascinated and have made the conscious decision to help people who are grieving and who have experienced that loss because it's, it's so present. I think even in the last, uh, you know, I've read some articles or things like that with, as it relates to COVID, just how many kids are grieving the, the uh, a loved one today as a result of the, the state of the world, the last couple of years. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad that you're, um, you kept up with the organization and you, you're still volunteering because going on nine years is quite a bit. And for those of you out there listening with grief, you may be grieving the loss of a parent. You could grieve the loss of a sibling, the loss of an aunt, the loss of a job, even a pet and a relationship. There are so many different types of grief. And when you're going through each one of the griefs, don't feel like what worked with one grieving situation is going to necessarily work with another one because the relationship that you had with that person or that thing is totally different. So the emotions that you feel may have shifted. So give yourself time and grace to go through that process and don't rush through it. And one of the things that I would say, because I've um, lost my dad, then my job from corporate America, then both of my grandmothers all within a year and a half. Um, so it was back to back. And one thing that I had to do was really take time for myself to like do the inward work. And once I was doing the inward work, then I could show up externally how I wanted other people to perceive me. But what Another thing I did was shut out the noise because sometimes when you're going through your grief journey, some people would say, oh, I know how you feel when in actual, in actuality, they don't because they never lost a parent. Both of their parents are living. 
they've never lost a job. So you don't know how I feel. And then you may not have any um, ties to that. So I feel like that's a cop-out statement. Mm. If you don't have the right words to say, just say, is there anything that you need that I can do for you? Versus these cliche lines like, or some people who are religious say, oh, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. But someone who's grieving, they don't necessarily want to look at that from that aspect. Yes, yes, I'm religious and spiritual, but I don't want to hear that. Like, I want my dad to be here or they want that person to be here. They don't want to hear that cliche thing. So I think that's so important just for the person who is grieving to realize that it's okay to tune people out until you get in the right headspace mentally. But is there anything else you want to add to that comment, Dan, or anything else I said? Well, I think the the piece around being introspective and doing the internal work is really interesting and um, definitely something that I think is, I think regardless of grief or being put in a difficult situation, whether it be, you know, the, the, the loss of a job or a friend or a family member, I think the, the internal work and introspective work is something that everyone can do, you know, regardless of circumstance or, or uh, the cards that were dealt in life. I think, you know, I would love to see a world where actually like truly deep down, I would love to see a world where that's something that would, would even be taught in colleges where there was like space and time set up to have people think about what they want in their life versus just like, this is what you're supposed to do, or this is what your life's supposed to look like. Because I think oftentimes a lot of people sort of wander through their life because they think that this is what they're supposed to do or family or friends influence them to go a certain direction without actually spending any time or energy or effort asking themselves, what do I actually want in my life? Or how do I actually want to spend my time? And, you know, it sounds like maybe for in your own, in your own case and in your own life, maybe you, you experienced that after living through some significant losses, um, both in regards to family members, as well as like a job, maybe those through those circumstances, it, it, it made you, and I don't know if you were always very introspective, but it made you make space and time in your own life to think through what you what you want that to look so you could show up in the external. Yeah, most definitely. Like I took time to get back to journaling. Um, I'm already a writer, so I have books out on the market, but I really took that time distraction uh, free to like identify with why am I feeling this way? Where's this stemming from? Because sometimes it could stem from traumas that you have lessened, but then the loss of, you know, my dad triggered it. The loss of my grandmother triggered it. Mm. The loss of my job triggered it. And I didn't know that I was going through those things. I thought I got over, you know, the trauma, but it's like little things could, you know, be piled, piled upon. And then the other interest perspective was that I'm okay with not being okay and I feel like everyone like mentally should get to a point where they say that because no one has like a great day every day where things are just sunshine and rainbows (laughs) and if you do like I want to know like what type of drugs are you taking or what type of like what are you doing to have that because some some of us do have bad days and I think 
more more often than others people have bad days like you can't tell me you've never had a bad day there's even a song by daniel patter that says because you had a bad day <laughs> i'm not gonna sing it y'all because i'm not a singer but i think we need to get real with ourselves and until we get real with ourselves and do that introspective then it's not gonna matter you know externally because then we're just keeping up a facade or a mask so i hope that helps you answer that dan yeah, hundred percent. I think I think as it relates to like, and it's funny when you're like, you know, you can't always have a good day. I used to be the guy who was like, well, I would say I still very much am like, I want to, I strive to wake up and be happy and live a happy, you know, like ha- try to, I try to map as much as possible in my own life to set myself up for success, to try to push things and put things forward in my life where the odds are in my favor that I am going to have a good day versus a bad day, but a hundred percent, you know, not all days will be good days. And sometimes you're just hit over the head, you know, with a bucket of bad news or um, something out of left field that, uh, you know, it's impossible to, to have a good day with the news that you might've just received. But the one thing I will say to that is you certainly, um, I, th- I think if you do have a gratitude practice or something that grounds you, like right when you wake up, it is easier to then carry on your day with the perspective that things are good. Life is good. Despite whatever today, whatever comes my way today. Um, you know, just through my own experience with, with loss through, through both my parents dying of cancer, um, seeing really like intimately seeing their experience with waking up, worried, stressed about their blood count or will the chemo work or will the treatment work, whatever, whatever that may be, that experience has made me have this tremendous mentality around just waking up, being grounded for in, in my health. Like literally when I wake up in the morning, I put my two feet on the ground. I am already starting my day from a place of gratitude, knowing that like just the fact that my legs literally physically function today. I'm like, today's a blessing. Today's a miracle. Today's going to be a good day. Um, And obviously, you know, getting some terrible news will obviously, you know, it's okay that the day doesn't have to be this wonderfully miraculous day, but I am carrying this and coming from a place and a perspective of, you know, the today's, today's going to be a good day just because I'm healthy. I think, even, you know, yesterday there was this crazy shooting in, in uh, Manhattan on the subway. And it's sort of like when things like that happen, you it does make you recognize that you take things, simple things like your safety so for granted. And today when I was journaling and writing down on my gratitude journal, like health is always the first thing I write. But second to that today, I wrote my safety and like, you know, just waking up, being able to go to sleep at night, knowing that like you are safe in your home and you're in this safe space that is in and of itself like a blessing. So I do think there are things to try to shift your mentality or your perspective where you're like, you know, things are good. Things are good despite whatever else might be going on in my life. I like that. Um, I definitely like the journaling part once again and just having an attitude of gratitude. And so I have a similar practice. Um, Mine is mirror work. So when I get up in the morning and I brush my teeth, I start reciting all the positive things that are going right. And I like to say, 
six feet above the ground is better than six feet in the ground. And the fact that I woke up today allowed me to hit that red reset button where I got to start over. Like I can't go back and change yesterday, just like I can't speed up and go into the future, but I can be present in the moment and now. And I start to say all the positive things about myself. And when you start your day on a positive high note and you increase those vibrations, you're, you're putting the foundation of where you want your day to go. Mm, you're not, that. Yeah. So, um, Dan, cause I want to be respectful of your time too, uh, man, 30 minutes flew by quick. <laughs> so I definitely want you to leave us with your call to action for this segment. And then we could always have you back for a part two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, call to action for anyone who's tuning in or listening in would be to recognize, you know, that you can't control how long you have on this earth. The only thing you can control is how and where you spend the limited time that you are given on this earth. And you don't know how long that will be. So recognize that harness that and knowing that you two are going to die, be intentional with how you want to spend your time. A lot of people ask me about intentionality all the time. And I tell them like the, the practice of becoming intentional with your time is actually not complicated for me. It just started with literally taking down a piece of paper and writing a question to myself, which is how do I want to spend the limited time that I'm given on this earth? And I made a master list of all the things that I want to do. And um, really, eventually that became pretty granular as it relates to this is what I would like my day to look like. This is what I would like my week to look like. This is what I would like my month and my year. And knowing that trying to map as much as possible in my day to day to help help align how I'm spending my time with what I actually want that to look like and then doing that. And I think everyone can at least attempt to do that in an effort to build a life that that they are happy with, that they do love, and they, that they wake up feeling like um, living my a life that I love today. Beautiful. And Dan, for anyone interested in connecting with you further, please plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media. Yeah, my website is Bits of Gold. Dot co and the the place to probably come find me on social media is my instagram and my instagram is just dan d-a-n lev goldberg d-a-n-l-e-v-g-o-l-d-b-e-r-g Awesome. And I will definitely have all of your contact information in the show notes. And for anyone of you out there listening, just think about the TV show, The Goldbergs, but just take off the S. So it's a good one. So I want to encourage you all um, to live the life you love and love the life you live. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms. Also connect with us on YouTube for all things video content, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And for those of you interested in continuing to help spread the mission of Gems podcast, where we educate, inspire, and motivate while focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. You can find out more information at genesisamariskemp.net because we are actually looking for brand ambassadors as well as sponsors. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. And remember, live the life you love and love the life you live. You only are here once, so make sure you make the best of it. 
Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.